0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story and one of the best the power of their data wasabi, another Boston based championship team.
2: That's right. You're listening to the Rye Breaded Mustard Mariners Podcast, the alternative underground dive bar fan podcast of the Seattle Mariners. Brought to you by OB City Entertainment. And now, the host of the Rye, Bread, and Mustard Mariners podcast, Myron Sutner.
1: What up? This is Myron, and you are listening to the Rye, Bread, and Mustard podcast. The alternative, underground, underbelly, back alley, secret society, speak easy Dirty dive bar style fan podcast about the Seattle Mariners. And listen, Seattle Mariners fans, I know you're back. I know you are riding the bandwagon. You are riding the optimistic wave of this 10 game winning streak. We're happy to have you back and grab on tight because this is going to be a fun ride the rest of the way. Yes, right now we are on a 10-game winning streak like I just mentioned. We also just swept a series in Washington, D.C. against the Nationals where things were stacked up against us. Once again, big surprise. Had to do a split double header on a getaway day. I mean, at the time of me doing this intro. I don't even know if the Mariners are checked into their hotel by this point, but you know what? They they got the adrenaline. They're doing their thing. This is exciting This episode today is our 22nd episode. Uh, We are definitely going to be focusing on this 10-game winning streak. We're going to do the victory lap. We're going to soak this in. You know, we got victories 9 and 10 yesterday. We barely even got to enjoy that ninth win three hours later. Be back on the stress seat of, you know, keeping this streak alive. Two exciting wins yesterday. And right now, the Mariners are going into Texas for the final four games before the All-Star break. Briefly touch on that. We'll also focus on, obviously, Julio in the Home Run Derby. Talking a little bit of Ty France, Carlos Santana, Adam Frazier, first base, second base hypotheticals going down the stretch maybe talk about a little bit of like some maybe some trade rumors that we're hearing and and we check in with my grandma Norma again you know listen we're on a streak we have to be very superstitious about stuff we talked to her last episode we got through this uh the sweep we just figured let's just keep doing things the same if you're a baseball fan you understand superstitions if you don't yeah we're just crazy none of this stuff really matters but we're doing it anyways And again, this is episode 22 of the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast. And again, thank you for liking, subscribing, and downloading, which is important. Download these episodes, subscribe to these episodes. Then you're not, you know, in this, then you're not doing this guessing game of when is Myron going to actually export and put this episode up? I know sometimes I say they're going to be Monday mornings, Friday mornings, but the schedule gets weird. My schedule gets weird. And listen, but when you are subscribed, they just come right to you. When you download them, they just come right to you. It makes it easy. Also, remember to give us a good review if you enjoy this show, you know, and give us a good rating if you enjoy this show. You know, uh, I say this before, I like five tool players, but I like five star reviews even better. So again, this is about the time the light comes on. I got to get off my soapbox. I got to get off the stage and I'm going to shut the hell up so you can sit back, relax, work, drive, run, Whatever you're doing while you're listening to episode 22, the Refusing to Be Losing edition of the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast that starts right the fuck now. Uh Okay, Grandma, can you hear me?
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: And what were you going to say? So you watched the doubleheader today, right? Did you like having two games on today, though? Oh,
2: yes. Oh, God, yes. (laughs) <laughs> I, hey, I was up early, made my bed, got dressed, and had my coffee, and was sitting in the chair waiting. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's better than sitting around and watching politics all day.
2: Yeah, it is. I go. What I I got certain shows I watch, like this, and otherwise it's the Mariners or it's the uh, Price Is Right or things like that, the game shows. And then besides playing this morning, I mean, you know, it was like noon. And then had to wait a while, and then play another one, which was oh, at six o'clock at night, actually.
1: Yeah, and it was hot.
2: Yeah, and the hot, and I mean hot. And you got to figure if it was that hot out, how hot was it down on that field?
1: Exactly. Were you, you know? nervous? Were you nervous in either of the games?
2: Oh God, yes. I mean, at the, the last game. When they loaded up their bases, you know, the other team I got so damn mad that I shut the I turned it off and went to a different station and then I came back on the last on the last two innings it made me so damn mad on the ninth.
1: Oh, so you were being superstitious today.
2: Yeah, because I figured all of a sudden I said, Oh my god I mean are they gonna blow it now? <laughs> you know. Yeah. But, but look at and look at how I." There wasn't that many hits for the other team, really, but it was they walked them, you know.
1: Yeah, it happened.
2: Loaded the bases was walked.
1: Yeah. Well, now they got ten games though, ten game winning streak.
2: Oh God, I know it! I'm so excited about that. But it I mean, makes each
1: game more more uh, tense, though.
2: Yeah, I I know. In other words, don't be bothering me. <laughs> So, no, if you, so if you're in is. your
1: bathroom so if you're, you're you're in your bathroom and something good happens then you'll just stay I, in the bathroom.
2: I do honest to god i get up and walk away just like today i went got so bad i went and turned it off but i couldn't i went i walked outside and i came back in and i had to turn it back on because i couldn't stand it and here by this time we got out of that mess like uh what's his name uh jesse winkler had Two home runs, one in each game.
1: Yep, and he's back off of that suspension. Remember, he was suspended from the fight and throwing the yeah. middle fingers now, in the air.
2: Yeah, now, was this the first time he was back, right?
1: Yeah, today, and he hit a home run in each game.
2: Yeah. I mean, he he, he must have been practicing someplace. Yeah. And then, now, who have we got for the Marriott and the All-Star
1: Well, right now, it's only Julio. They didn't give it to Ty France, and they didn't give it to uh, Logan Gilbert.
2: Oh, they didn't? Nope. Well, anyway, at least we got somebody.
1: Yeah, and that doesn't matter. They'll be ready to play in the second half, so the other teams, they got to watch out, right?
2: Yeah. I can't stand the manager and then well, and we ever a, know this,
1: you can't stand our manager Scott Service
2: yeah I don't like that manager why I, there's some I don't know like, because because you know what when he talks his lips don't move it's like a ventriloquist you watch him okay <laughs> I mean I just forgot I swear somebody's behind it and pushing buttons and it's coming out <laughs> Cause, well. Cause, his
1: lips his lips don't move okay well he's doing he's a good done. job managing the team though no matter what well, but I get well, it oh
2: yeah oh well, yeah sometimes you're just sometimes nip, I, you're just
1: nitpicking sometimes though
2: no I'm not nitpicking that's just the way I look
1: at it. alright well I gotta go I gotta call my friend I gotta do a new episode so we got to okay. get this out while they're winning. You got to put out more episodes. You got to work. You oh, got to get the yes. content out there for the people when they want to hear about the Mariners.
2: Oh sure. Oh yeah. Guys, yes. Hear about our team here. See how those guys get together at the end to go around the circle. I love it.
1: Oh, you love the celebrations at the end.
2: Oh God, yes. Oh yes. And today I noticed they in one game they got one more guy in there and went around.
1: Yeah, the pitcher joined in, Paul Siwa.
2: Yeah, oh, I think that was good. That?
1: Yeah. All right, we'll call you back later. All right, hi. Hey, bye.
0: Right, love you, bye. Bye. The World Series. Where a pitch is not just a pitch, it's a World Series pitch. Where a hit is not just a hit, it's a World Series hit. A win is not just a win, it's a World Series win. Now you've got a chance to win a trip to the 1984 World Series by entering Major League Baseball's Grand Slam sweepstakes at all Major League ballparks and participating retailers. Baseball Fever, catch it!
1: Well, (laughs) you know, she's getting pretty good at 91. She seems like she's kind of uh, uh, sinking in there. You know, it's like just sinking into her her position here as a a call-in analyst.
3: You know... Yeah, she's great. I mean, she's got some passion to her. She's excited about the Mariners. She's a great analysis. She does great analysis.
1: All right, well, let's get right into it, dude. A doubleheader sweep. How good does that feel just by itself?
3: Oh, it feels great. I mean, it's, sweeping a doubleheader is not easy. And uh, the Mariners made it You know, look pretty easy, even though in the second game, it was a little nip and tuck there at the end. But uh good Doubleheader for the
1: end. Yeah, and I felt confident about Game Two after Game One, uh, even though it tended to be a, a you know a closer affair. Game One was awesome. I mean, from the time I turned it on this morning, it was when uh, Eugenio hit the three home, the three-run home run. Like right away, that's the first. That's my first image. the The stream comes up here on the on the flat screen here, and that's the first thing I see. Um, I love when the lineup works in the first inning. You get a couple of guys on, and then somebody comes in with a huge hit.
3: Yeah, I mean that clutch hit. We've been doing that a lot lately, and that's helped us, you know, win 18 of our last 21 or so. So yeah, they're rolling.
1: That's got to feel good if you're Chris Flexen, who went out there and gave six innings of scoreless baseball to the Mariners when he had to go deep.
3: Yeah, he was great. I mean, coming out and just uh, starting the game off strong, going deep into the game for the guys for the first game, knowing that there was two to play, and him dominating the way he did, he was fantastic.
1: Yeah, and I really, really enjoyed that. I mean, I always enjoy any time you can, you know, get out of a bases loaded jam. That is just a great feeling. That's one of those.
3: Yeah. Watson has pitched really good lately and really gave them some quality innings in his last few starts. He's, he's really, really kind of um, finishing off where he left off last year.
1: Yeah. And, you know, when we've got him run support in these last couple games and look, he's put some W's up there. You look at his, you know, win-loss record. And it wasn't indicative of the way he's pitched this season. Now it's nice to see that column at least kind of evening out that just for the eyes when you're looking at stats and matchups, right?
3: Yeah, exactly. It's looking a lot better.
1: Yeah, and and the bullpen came in and they did their thing. They kept it close. They, you know, it wasn't lights out bullpen in game one, Uh, just a couple of little mistakes, but who do we have? What's the guy's name from Toronto? I still can't say his name.
3: Baraki, I think.
1: Baraki came in, did fine, got in a little bit of trouble. Then Munoz came in, cleaned that up, picked him up, you know, went out and threw another inning. And then we had Penn Murphy come in. Yeah, he did give up a home run in the ninth, but then Seawald was just called on and just, you know, shut the door really quick.
3: Yeah, I got that one out and got him got himself the save, his first save of the day. And yeah, we Nine wins in a row.
1: Yep. First save of the day. If you didn't pick up on that spoiler, we'll get to that in a minute. You know, game one was, you know, obviously if you have to like sum this up it was you know the big hits the big four four run four home runs in the game today that's the third time they've done this this season pretty awesome We let's go over those home runs obviously Suarez we talked about in the first inning that was a bomb Winkers was pretty good too Winkers was in a, not in a shallow part of that park
3: yeah exactly I mean for him this is first game back after missing the last six because of his suspension he looks like he's starting to heat up he's sort of started to before the suspension he looked like he was coming around but he just you know got off to a good start and gave us that added on to that lead early in the first game
1: yeah and then one of our biggest guys our biggest brutes adam frazier went yard that was awesome to see
3: yeah especially since he's kind of been struggling lately but he definitely barreled up some balls today
1: Yeah, he barreled up some balls. He had a couple of hits, a couple of big hits here. I really actually enjoyed his single that he had before this home run a lot. Um, Another guy, we'll talk about him here in the next coming episodes where he's become a person of question. Uh, Him and Winker have kind of been in the same boat all year. Winkers seemed to hit himself out of it. Let's hope Frazier can hit himself out of this. I really like him. I think on these very first episodes I was talking, this is a legit hitter. You know, this is somebody we should lock down. He had a really, really bad June. Um, so let's hope he can turn it around because, you know, he he's versatile. He can play infield. He can play outfield. He obviously had a really good day. He had a couple more hits in game two, which we'll get to. I think he picked up like four or five hits today.
3: Wow! Great day.
1: This this goes the other way. We're you know having that hard conversation again.
3: Yeah, and Scott Service after uh, game two said that that was the best he's seen um, Frazier swing it this year. So hopefully that's for uh, good signs, or hopefully good signs are ahead for him.
1: Yeah, he did say he hadn't seen him swing it in a while like that. Um, I mean, he kind of started pretty good out the gate and then just kind of like, you know, leveled off. And uh, I think when he was hitting up at the beginning of the lineup, you know, there was a lot of times that he was hitting the ball right on the nose. And I know his hard hit ratio isn't very good right now, but at the start of the season was pretty good. He was kind of having that bad luck thing like uh, Frazier. I mean, like Winker did.
3: Yeah, exactly. And our first three home runs were all guys that played in the National League last year. So I know it doesn't have as big of an effect since there's interleague and stuff right now, but it's something I noticed, and hopefully they can continue that hot streak on into Texas.
1: If you like little runs of numbers, four Mariners hit home runs today, and the backs of their jerseys went 26, 27, 28, and 29. That's right. The Players wearing 26, 27, 28, and 29 all hit home runs. I'm hoping they got, I'm hoping they took a picture together with their you know backs uh, to the camera with the numbers going. I don't know, some kind of bash brothers, uh, like quad brothers. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. There, I think that's a pretty interesting stat. I wonder if that's happened before, like that four numbers. Numerically in a row that hit home runs.
3: No, that was a good catch by you. I never would have thought of that, but a nice, nice little uh, analytic jargon from you.
1: Well, I stole that from the Mariners' post game on Root Sports because they do a great job of putting the stats up. Got themselves a big enough cushion that little, you know, mistake, to run home run in the ninth doesn't uh, sink their ship.
3: Yeah, exactly. With uh. Um, Cal Raleigh adding on at the very end. He was the fourth guy who hit a home run for us today and that uh, we needed that extra run. Now, in special boxes of Kellogg's Frosted Flakes, a great action mini poster of Nolan Ryan,
0: Reggie Jackson, or me, King Griffey Jr. I'm the good-looking one.
1: Yeah, and so after that game, they had to, again, like we said, sit around for three hours and think about it think about this win and think about you know enjoying this win if, as much as they could i know it was uh ty france's birthday it was who else is like swanson's birthday either today or tomorrow and a yeah. uh, another player was it like kyle lewis right yeah kyle lewis but he wasn't there he's in tacoma we'll get to him in a minute but uh yeah they went out there game two low scoring affair um but again Kind of like the same two guys on the offensive end, two of the guys from the uh, Heroes from Game 1 offensively came back here and doubled up. And that's Winker with a big home run and uh, Frazier coming up with the bases loaded and getting that big sack fly that could have even been more uh, you know, detrimental to Washington at that point.
3: Yeah, like you said, Winker gave him the double winker in that game kind of like he did in Anaheim but it was a different type of double winker but um, (laughs) that that was good for him to uh, um, continue his being locked in for that second game and like you said, Crazier had a great day and continued with a couple hits.
1: Yeah, and pitching in that game, this was a bullpen game, what we started with the opener? Correct. Which was Swanson, right? He went two innings.
3: Yeah, followed by uh Malone. I think he went like three and a third.
1: Yeah, and then Diego came in there and got us out of a big jam.
3: Yeah, and first, yeah, he had to get out of that jam for Matt Brass, who came in and looked really good his first oh, inning, yeah. but kind of lost it. In his second inning, kind of lost the feel of it. So that's a little frightening, you know, that's kind of what he had to deal with when he had to go down, and he said he kind of figured all that out but it's just one game but i would it, he looked dominating the first inning the second inning he pitched he just looked you know out of sorts
1: yeah and diego came in there cleaned that up came back out there got himself out of an inning with a big uh, double play that was awesome and then of course we came in and closed it out with seawald yes he did give up that juan soto home, which was a nasty that was the best homer of the day that was
3: nasty Yeah, that ball was crushed, but that guy is a professional hitter. I mean, he had one in the first game, correct, and then finished it off with another one. It was nice that he was the first guy up in the ninth inning, so if he did make mistakes, it wouldn't cost you, so we were still up by one run.
1: Yeah, if you're Nationals, you want to see him getting that at bat in the eighth inning with people on, so I guess, you know, if we're going to give up the home run, let's do it that way, and I just love how Seawall just came back and, you know, still struck out the side.
3: Yeah, he had that slider working, that backdoor slider to lefties. and uh, he owned those guys striking out striking them out.
1: I loved that he got two saves today. I was a bit concerned, especially after that home run. But Seawald does what Seawald does. He like seems like he has a very short memory. When things go bad, he just can just bounce right back and go get the next guys.
3: Yeah. Um Seawald he's a little the last guy to say two games in one day with Mike Cooler back in, uh, 1989. And I remember those days. Cool. He was, uh, he kind of made you very scared, but he was just totally the opposite and got it done for us.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. And one thing I'd like to mention in both of these games, there was outstanding defense. We are what the number one defensive team in baseball.
3: Yeah, correct. We've, uh, have the least amount of errors out of all the uh, major league teams
1: which is great and i also think we also i would love to see how many of these great heads up plays that we have on defense we saw two of them one in each game uh which both resulted in jp crawford tagging out a player to kind of stifle and end a, a, a big threats
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, with Juan Soto rounding uh, third, potentially almost ready to score, he uh, was heads up and ran at him and then was able to get him in a pickle, but then was able to dive and tag him out and force him back to third, but he got the out.
1: Yeah, and then in uh, game two, we had, or yeah, in game two, we had the ball. The ball was hit to Santana, and instead of Panicking and throwing down to two, he stepped on the bag and then ran directly at the runner, tossed the ball to Crawford, and he was done, right?
3: Correct. Yeah. So uh, you're scoring a home, a three, six foot out, double boy.
1: And I love some good first baseman play. We also saw Ty France, you know, first time in the field since the injury that happened at first base. He got tested right away. I guess happy birthday from the baseball gods. The ball found him. Full extension grab. What would you think about that?
3: No, it was a great play. And you're right. The baseball guns, once you haven't played in a while, that ball will always find you, it seems like, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, that ball will find you, and it can bite. Uh, we also saw uh, defensively, <laughs> and uh, Angie Mentic noted this on the post game was, Uh, Terence had a pretty good uh, game behind the plate in game two. I think he threw somebody out, and he had some big stops there at the end of the game in the dirt.
3: No, you're right. I noticed that how big of a jump that guy on first base got against him, and I thought it was an easy steal because the pitcher didn't... It was Malone at the time, I believe, and he did not get a good, quick uh, motion of the plate. And I was actually very surprised how quick uh, Torrance got rid of it and that he actually got him out. It really wasn't even like a close play.
1: Yeah, he got him. It just it, he, he looked like Sandy Alomar. <laughs> you know, Sandy Alomar Jr. behind the blade doing that. Uh, pretty crazy. And I was like, wow, who's, oh, shit, that's Torrens. That's
0: right. Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to- Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the Kingdom.
1: We're feeling great. We got 10 games, 10-game 10 winning streak. If you're like, whoa, that's, is that a record? We're tied for the second-best winning streak in Mariners history history with 10 games in 2001 the uh you know infamous 116 game win season we had a 15 game winning streak
3: I was curious to know if we were getting near the record because the Mariners I heard today you know was getting their getting their ninth victory that since they, the last time they had that in two thousand three, there had been two hundred and fifty nine teams or games that a team has gotten that nine win, has had a nine nine game winning streak. Excuse me.
1: So ten is a number that's very very hard to obtain. It seems like.
3: Yeah, a hundred and I think it was hundred and eighty seven teams have had that since that time. So. And the Mar- it's been really hard to obtain for the Mariners. That is definitely true. They've been one of the teams, obviously, that hasn't had one in that long a time, but every other major league team has had one. And the craziest
1: thing about this 10-game winning streak is, you know, this has happened during the suspensions. This has happened through a Crawford suspension, a Winker week week-long suspension, and not having your all-star representative Julio Rodriguez, you know, we're 10, we were 10 and one in the uh, 11 games that we had somebody suspended with an already depleted yes. lineup. I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> that's pretty re- understatement. Fucking remarkable.
3: Yeah. Cause you're right. It was kind of a narrative thinking, well, did the Mariners make the right decision and in going to defend themselves in that brawl? And everybody's was well concerned about it, especially losing those three key hitters in your lineup up top. And, they crushed it, like you said, going ten and one. It's quite remarkable how well they've been playing lately.
1: Yeah, and here's some other numbers for you: uh, the Mariners are thirty-eight and ten when they score four runs or more.
3: Wow, that's a great record. It's similar to their uh, one-run games of winning last year. It's that's, that's good. And then here's the magic number four.
1: Yeah, and it is the magic number, but. Yes, they haven't been as you know lucky or fortunate in uh, one-run games this year, but in games that are really low-scoring, two to one, they are eight and three.
3: Hey, they—they're they used to playing in tight games. They played in a bunch from last year. They feel comfortable that's really positive knowing if they can get in the playoffs, this game can be low scoring pitching duels and they feel comfortable playing in them. and with that great D like you mentioned, I mean, they're starting to put it all together. It's a really exciting um, team.
1: Yeah. And what's interesting is that 38 and 10 with the four runs or more, and you put that with the eight and three and the two to one games mean, that that's, it's, you know, They seem, that just shows you what the pitching's like, right? You're over 500 when it's these two to one games. And if you do score four runs, it's almost a gimme.
3: Yeah. And like you said, our pitching, which has been outstanding. I know it's kind of the theme we've been talking about, but our pitching, starting pitching has been fantastic. They get deep into the games and that way the bullpen can get set up for how Scott Service wants it for two three innings and they've been winning
1: these games yeah and the last number I'm going to throw at you is 12 and one the Mariners are 12 and one I believe it could be 11 but I'm you know these double hitters can fuck up with my math but I'm pretty sure I could check but you know we got this we got we got we can't stop our flow we are 12 and one with Carlos Santana on the Mariners
3: Yeah, he's made such a great contribution offensively, defensively. um, With Ty going down like he did, I mean, you got to you got to give Jerry Gafotos some props. That was good timing of him going out to get somebody, and he has just fit in well with the team.
1: Yeah, he he really has, and I know this is asinine and this is crazy to say. But this is just like one of those like no filter. I just said it. Carlos Santana has made me not miss Ty France, and that's a weird thing to say because Ty France is your best pure hitter you have on your team. But we haven't been hurt by him being out right now.
3: No, not at all. And I. I agree with you. He hasn't missed a step, and it's hardly been noticeable on the defensive side of the ball that Ty hasn't been here. Hitting-wise, yeah, a little bit, because he's just such a great hitter. You can spray the ball all around, but yeah, defensively, he has been outstanding. Easy for you. Need help?
0: Yeah, and I've got 10 minutes to get to the radio station. Ah, here's the problem. Easy for you. Ever listen to KBL watch? Should I? Stetson Cologne,
1: comfortable, easy to wear.
0: And for that great smelling guy who started my car, I get off at six. Stetson, easy to wear, hard to resist. Stetson Pits.
1: Let's just take this back for a second to where this happened to him in Oakland. This is prior to the fight. This really sucked when Ty France got hurt. And it was scary. It was almost one of these sinking of the ships with Lewis and Haniger with no timetable to come back. You lose Ty France. This is before Winker was hitting. This is in the midst of Fraser's terrible June. The only thing we really had going at that time after that was Julio and we had, you know, back end of the lineup that was really, 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 really struggling and, of course, our pitching. This just seemed like a, fuck, this is just, you know, these are the breaks this year.
3: Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, it, it, it is surprising how well we have come through during this streak and just hung on earlier before this streak happened with all of our injuries, COVID, not playing that great and being um, really pr- productive with runners and scoring positions. So it, it's, it, they're rolling.
1: They are rolling, and I'm glad to have Ty France back. Can I bring this up? Let me bring this up, though. This is something I was thinking about. I know that Ty France got snubbed from the all star game. I think when they made the selections, they definitely he definitely got snubbed definitely the injury has had some effect on him you know whether it's the timing from being down that long or the injury itself but let's just be honest let's look at the numbers he hasn't been the Thai france that we've seen all year you know since he's since he's been back and a little bit prior to the injury right
3: yeah exactly he he struggled you know hitting only a little bit above two hundred I believe in the last month. But um, I think it's just a timing issue and that's what uh Scott Service I would assume thinks and maybe he even said. So he just needs to get his timing back. He wasn't a little swamp, but he was so hot the rest of the year you go through those ups and downs.
1: Yeah, and last year he, he fought through a wrist injury and you know, that's probably what kept him under three hundred. Was you know he had that stretch of where he was trying to play through it and just he wasn't helping the team. He said I think in his own words some way. And you know they sat him down and they got him right and he came back and he was you know the Ty France that we know carrying the offense. Here's my question: With us going into Texas and Santana, you know swinging a hot bat right now, playing good first base. You have Fraser that seems to turn things around. And you have Winker back in your lineup and Julio who are both, you know, playing and hitting very well. Is this a time where you would possibly think about maybe let's sit Ty France down, give him a few days to get healthy, then go into a a three or four game, uh, you know, three or four day rest period where you could just, you know, almost get him a whole nother week of rest. Can you afford to do that right now? i i think you could afford to do it just because the team's rolling i know that this kind of seems crazy like no we need him in the lineup which i agree need 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 him right now when we're five games over 500 and there's a couple of upcoming days of rest and you got guys on the bat i mean you got guys in the lineup swinging a a good bat which lengthens the lineup i don't think it is as detrimental
3: no I, i i can agree with your thinking um you know, I'm sure they're gonna see how he bounces back after playing his first, after playing the first game for him in the field today. But, you know, with him struggling hitting, I'd like to see him try to get out of that and work on his timing. So my preference would be probably just to DH him and make sure he gets good hitting and feeling better right. And then hopefully after the All-Star break, it's just like it was for him earlier on in the season. And
1: here's my other Ty France situation. I know that people have been kind of harping on Frazier, who I said earlier, I hope he can just continue the success. Cause I think he's a good, fun, hard hitting pesky hitter. I was really excited when we got him from San Diego. I really wanted Jerry to get him last year from Pittsburgh. Jerry's obviously been, the uh, photo has been hot on Frazier for a minute. Uh, it hasn't worked out. He's swinging the bat better now, but I always keep hearing on the radio, and uh, or on any of these fan groups, like we need a second baseman. We need a second baseman. Let's just say, for the sake of this conversation, we do need to go and remove, or we do need to have somebody else in there playing second base. Is Ty France still? available to play second base because I remember him as a second baseman and a third baseman before Evan White's injury, which made him play first base.
3: No, I I hear you. Um, I mean, he does those drills every day, infield drills for first base, obviously, with Perry Hill. And... um, Frazier isn't a guy with the best of range and Ty hasn't played that in over a year, but I'm sure he could play it. He'd probably be the same situation where the range wouldn't be there, but if you want to load up your lineups with hot, really solid bats that you know you have, I mean that's definitely an option, but like you said, Frazier's played better lately he hasn't come through as much as the fan base would want, but hopefully now he will uh, get hotter in the second half, but yeah Ty France I think it's definitely an option at second base
1: yeah and I definitely feel like it's kind of a panic button to be like we need somebody at second base I get it you want all the positions to you know flourish I mean I'm one of my best friends is a Yankees fan look at their record and all he really can talk about and the fan base a lot can talk about is getting uh, Joey Gallo out of there you know different situation he's hitting like 160 or whatever but I'm just saying like I don't feel like that's the big thing that we need to address I think this getting a another starting pitcher would be something that the Mariners would need considering their fifth starter is Kirby who is a rookie and you still have to do load management with him is there any pitchers out there that you think the Mariners or you've heard from your rumors from your reddits from your you know back alley secret society speakeasies that you've heard that is a possibility where a want where there's smoke fire a trade you get what I'm saying this is a fucking long way around it what's the fucking rumor mill on getting a picture
3: I mean as far as the mariners I agree with you that it would be beneficial to get another picture we already have Toro, Frazier, um, Moore, Haggerty, and possibly Ty France. Plays second. It sounds like we, so yeah, it cool.
1: sounds like we got about 15 guys that can play second base.
3: Yeah, but I mean, as a fan base and fans, they want the best of the best, and I get that, I understand that. But I think pitching is the way to go. Like, if there was an option versus the two, like you said. But I mean, there's guys like Freddie Montas. Steel from Cincinnati and a whole lug of other guys, but those are kind of the big names that have kind of been rumored to possibly be in the trade rumor.
1: Yeah, well, that's good. Those are some good names. Uh, you know, I already go Oakland, that seems like a tough uh, trade. Uh, Cincinnati, uh, maybe we can do another fleecing of them. I don't know. We're getting to those on the episodes, maybe during the All Star break and after that. But uh, basically what I'm saying is I think that the Mariners will go after a pitcher. And I, I hopefully they, they don't need to go after another second. I don't feel like that's a huge, huge thing. Another stick, another bat. Sure, we've added another bat with Santana. We're going to get Lewis back, hopefully. And we're going to get Han- or Hanager back, hopefully. Both of them soon.
0: I don't know what it is, Dr. Benella. My life just isn't going the way I planned it. Every time I turn a corner, there's some sort yeah. of... Yeah, att- Wine, wine, wine. I've had it with your excuses. Yeah. You're acting like a loser. But I- you want therapy? Yeah. I'll give you therapy. Get off your duff, get out of here, and make something happen. Do I make myself clear? Aren't you glad he decided to manage the Mariners instead? Next. Vanilla has erupted. He's gone out to home plate.
1: All right, Hanno, you're the farm guy. What's what's the what's the what's the news? What's the update? What are the happy totals on what Kyle Lewis is doing right now in his rehab stint?
3: Well, he's got he's started off splitting games between Everett, which is a single A affiliate, and Tacoma, the triple A affiliate. He uh just had his first game playing the field yesterday. I saw a video of him. He looked pretty gingerly moving around out there, but you know, maybe he's not ready to let it loose or only want to let it loose when he gets back up here to the big leagues. But other than that, his hitting is outstanding. He's hitting over 500, and he's had four home runs in a row and only four games played with seven RBIs and scored five runs. So he is hopefully going to be ready to are their additions, but not trade with additions. They're just you having your own system.
1: Yeah, and you don't That's have to give anything up for it. Now I have heard a I have heard an, uh, an argument about you know the Mariners have this great farm system, but a lot of the the top guys that were in the system that everybody is like oohing and on for are already up there. We're talking Julio, we're talking Kirby, you know all of that, you know Tramel, all they're up there. So it's one of these things where you're hearing why should they be so you know protective of what's going on in the farm. I get that, but also if you can add Haniger and you can add Lewis, a Lewis that can go out into the field, I mean, and not give anything away. I mean, that that's, I think that's what you do. And if you do have to give something away, it's got to be towards some pitching.
3: Oh yeah. I mean, there's so many variables about adding a player versus trade it depends on what you give up, what their contract is, you know, and so many other things, how you're playing. Does it, you know, if we're close, we feel like we're close. We have a straight record. We gotta go for it. You know, we've made, waiting 20 years for it. So there's just a lot of things to think about, you know, when this trade deadline comes up and how the M's are going to handle it.
0: Michael, what can you tell us about your future plans?
3: I'd like to buy myself a ballpark.
0: Michael Jordan is going to buy a Major League ballpark. Will he buy Comiskey? Will he buy Yankee Stadium? How much is Jordan willing to pay for a ballpark? Fifteen, twenty... Your usual, Mr. Jordan. One ballpark. Ballpark Franks. So full of flavor, they plump when you cook them. Yeah, you know, I might just have enough for two ballparks.
1: As soon as uh, Julio was no longer suspended and a part of the the Major League League roster again, he put out a social media post announcing that he is, in fact, going to be in the home run derby next week. Down here in L.A., only a few miles from my place, I'm fucking jacked up about it. I got a new Julio jersey. I'm ready to go. I know some people are skeptical about uh, players being in the home run derby. How do you feel about it? What's your what's your feelings?
3: Um, I'm really happy he's in it. I mean, he's young. He could be the face of baseball. Maybe it could screw up his swing a little bit, and I hope that's not the case. But yeah, let him play. Let him do it. Yeah, it's gonna
1: be fun to see him, you know, going up and competing against guys like Kuna. Pete Alonzo, the champion. Juan Soto, we saw what he could do today. Kyle Schwarber, you know, we got, you know one of the best right-handed hitters that's ever lived. Albert Pujols is going to be in this. I mean, he's going to be in a home run derby with Albert Pujols. I mean, that has got to be great for a 21-year-old rookie.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a pretty good lineup. For the uh, home run derby, I think it's going to be one of the better home run derbies that we've seen in a while.
1: Yeah, I, I'm excited to be down there. We'll talk a little bit about that next episode. It's going to be fun. I'm going to be down there early for batting practice. I'm hoping to get a ball. I'm hoping to get. I'm hoping to redeem myself from, from the uh, the drop I made when Julio threw me the ball in San Diego. Uh, I'm hoping to to. Uh, to, you know, redeem myself if I get the chance. I will be bringing a glove just like the usher told me to do. Now,
0: here's Lenny Randall. When the Mariners
3: beat the Red Sox, hitting baseballs Woo! out of sight. Mm-hmm. Every kid who's 14 and
0: under, we want to come to check it out.
1: All right. And then just quickly, when we're closing, listen, we're about we're running out of time here and we have not been a check out the standings type of podcast. I think we declared that or I declared that at the start for obvious, obvious reasons. But one thing that really excites me is before we started recording this took a look at the standings and right now at the time of the recording the mariners are officially holding down a wild card spot in the standings what the fuck now i'm watching the standings i am going to be a wild card watcher you heard it here i'm definitely not checking out the western i mean i'm definitely not checking out the AL west standings because that's just gonna be the uh, party pooper that's gonna ruin your vibe that is going to be the hair in your quiche just look at the wild card and uh, what are you thinking about the wild card when you look at it right now?
3: Well, I'm looking at all the teams that are around us, obviously. And with the playoffs changing this year and have head-to-head meetings mattering a lot more. So, obviously, we have the vict- head-to-head victory over Toronto, but we don't have the head-to-head victory over Boston or Tampa Bay. So, just following those teams and seeing how much uh, we can – improve and get and have a better record than them because if it's a tiebreaker hopefully it goes our way
1: yeah it's it's yeah it right now uh, my friend carl asked me he goes who do you want to win tampa bay or boston and i was like well i guess for the immediate future i'd want boston to boston to lose but then i'm like it kind of doesn't matter as long as we just keep winning these teams are going to play each other we got to beat teams like texas that are a few games behind us but we don't want to have them anywhere near review we do have a series with chicago later in the year that's going to be interesting because i don't feel like the chicago white Sox have played up to their full potential you also got to worry about the twins a little bit so i mean before you go rooting on a team go check out the standings do your math And really, the main thing that matters is just the Mariners keep winning. So just worry about the Mariners winning, and we're going to be all right. You know, we're going to be there last week or two weeks of the season. It might get razor thin. It might get close. But, you know, we're going to be in this. But I definitely feel like this weekend going into Texas, we haven't talked about Texas yet. We'll do that in a second. After this series, you know, to open up the second half, we have a lot of games with Houston and a lot of games with the Yankees, the best two teams in the league. So it is kind of important this weekend, I feel like, to take care of business. And when they come to town in between these Yankees and Astro series looking down the line, we got to take care of business with a team like Texas that we're better than.
3: I said, I agree with you. We are wholeheartedly a better team than Texas, but they are a little bit dangerous on the offensive side of the ball. The pitching is not up to par yet, but they are—they can be a dangerous team with their long ball with Simeon and Seeger.
1: We got four games with them now to close out this part of the uh, season before we get to the All-Star break. You know, I'd be okay with a split, but I can see the Mariners taking three or four out of this series. Of course, I want to keep the winning streak going. It would be awesome to sweep them, which would put us at 14 games. And then we open with the Astros and beat them. And then we break our all-time streak that Saturday with the Astros. That would be, you know, the dream. But being realistic and being okay and not having too high of expectations. If we could get out of the series with a split, we're still going to be five games over 500, which I would like them to stay there or on the other side of 500 going into the streak. That would make me feel really, really good.
3: Oh, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, we would be phenomenal, but as long as we win the series, as we talked about so much earlier, just win series, baby.
1: Yeah, just win series, and the Mariners have won seven series in a row at the time of this recording. We'll be back with you. After uh, the game, on uh, we will be back with you after this series concludes to do our like end of the first half, leading into the All Star Break episode content for you. And then obviously, I'm going to be down at the Home Run Derby and around the All Star Game, so I'll have some content and some things coming due next week. We got some fun guests that we're going to have on here, keeping that a secret for now. We got some other new stuff, maybe some new intro music, a bunch of new stuff. Like, look, you know, like the front office is doing for teams right now. We're making some moves here at the Rye Bread and Mustard Podcast to make this a bigger and better show. And the reason that we can do that is because of the support that we've gotten from you so far. Thank you to the people that have been liking, subscribing, and definitely the people that are downloading because it kind of gets based on this whole downloading game. You know, I'm new to the podcast uh, world as far as independently doing my own podcast. We've seen some good growth. It's awesome. But we gotta grow some more and it's pretty easy. All you gotta do is like and subscribe. And especially when you subscribe, here's the perks of subscribing. It doesn't cost you anything. It's free. But like when we're dropping this bonus content or you know, when the schedule gets kind of weird and you're wondering, hey, when's the next rye bread mustard podcast? If you're subscribed, you don't have to worry about that comes right to your phone, right, Hannah?
3: Exactly.
1: Yeah, you'll get this alert and you'll go, okay, it's right there. That's how that works. And, you know, the liking and the sharing definitely helps us. And, of course, if you can leave a review, leave a review. I like five-star reviews just like I like five uh, tool players. So if you think this is like a five-tool show, you know, top of the line shit, top of the line, fine, wine, Carlos Rossi of a podcast, please give us that five-star review and you know write a review you know you know it's okay to be effusive about the rye bread and mustard podcast uh anyway we'll be back after this weekend possibly sunday night monday morning giving you some content for next week next week's a big week got some surprise guests coming on the rye bread and mustard podcast so that's why you got to be subscribed right hano you don't know what's going to happen during all-star week there's not a lot of games so that means there's a big chance there's going to be bonus content on the rye bread and mustard podcast channel
3: yeah i mean the players get a four days off but that doesn't sound like we will be
1: no, 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 it doesn't. Um, Hanno, you said you had a shout-out you wanted to do here at the
3: end? Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to wish happy birthday to uh, Gerald, Jared Kelmick. He turned 23 on Saturday, and uh just wanted to uh, wish him a happy birthday and continue raking.
1: Yeah, and we also want to give a rye bread and mustard family birthday shout-out to Parmesan LeBron. It was his birthday on 7-Eleven uh it was his birthday on seven eleven, but you know what it's his birthday month it's his birthday week so we're going to wish him happy birthday parmesan lebron
3: happy birthday parm yeah yeah
1: we'll be seeing you soon up there in seattle anyways this is the rye bread and mustard podcast episode 22 uh Love to hear your feedback. you can always email us at rye bread and mustard podcast at gmail.com Hanno you know what time it is